The Talking Point with Kathy Motlasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. Seven after 10 o'clock, welcome to the second hour of the show. You're listening to The Talking Point and we're leading the conversation as always on SAFM. Coming up in this hour, we're talking finance with Brian Hirsch uh, with the... What are you? Are you handsome? How do you describe yourself? Hands, yeah, tall, dark, <laughs> and handsome. Definitely not tall. Definitely not dark. Uh, we can give him five out of ten on the handsome part of it. <laughs> God, you cruel! You know what was that gentleman saying about big ears on the on the radio? And now you're telling me. Morning, Brian. Morning to you. So today is going to be our last show together in a long, long time. Um, I'm looking forward to it. But before we get into it, I want to take a couple of WhatsApp voice notes uh, from the first hour of the show, and then we'll get straight into our finance segment. And I hope you've got very good advice for us, hey? Since you've been gone, or since you and I spoke the last time, interest rates went up by 75 basis points. Yeah. Enough to make our head spin. Yeah. Uh, and I've I've been seeing a lot of um reports on how um you know there's been a trend over the years of people cutting back on what they're doing over the holidays, less traveling over the holidays. And of course that has an impact, you know, on the quality of our lives because we know a lot of people when they travel, they're actually just going home. It's not like they're always taking big fancy holidays and the fact that you know things are where they are it's just increasing that squeeze so that's part of the conversation that we'll have throughout the hour for now let's listen to some of your whatsapp voice notes kathy congratulations wow what wonderful news you've made my week oh my word it's been lovely listening to you every morning on the talking point, such a riveting uh, presenting. It's been wonderful. Congratulations about the award and congratulations even more about the baby. Oh my goodness. Very soon you'll be sleepless, my dear. (laughs) Enjoy every minute. They grow up so fast. Anyway, thank you for a wonderful show always. Bulelwa from Kabecha, (laughs) PE. Good morning, my beautiful sister, Kathy. Kathy, I was listening to the EFF's presser yesterday, and Julius raised an important question about the president, that he went to hide himself somewhere around in Cape Town. So I want to ask Kathy, what are the repercussions for failure to execute your constitutional obligations as the head of state. Isn't it procedural that someone must step in when you are still trying to find yourself where you stand? I'm just asking because these things need to be uh, answered. Kathy. Good morning, Sis Kathy. Uh, just one question. What is the reason for National Assembly to defer the matter to next week, Tuesday. Are there any reasons that are provided? Well, for ANC to say they will vote against, yeah, it's up to them. Uh, I think the nation will judge 
South African will see if this is the right thing or, or not. Uh, I'm so disappointed. Well, on you going for some times, hey, I'm very sad. I can't afford to have a day without hearing your voices, Kathy. Uh, all the best. Teboho in El Spray, Timpumalanga. Hi, Kathy. Uh, I agree with OJ, but it's not only the families. You know, the institutions that are there, that are supposed to restore morals and teach about integrity, dignity, and ethics. Uh, like, I'll make an example. You know, the denominations, the churches, they've become uh, motivational events whereby they are no longer preaching truth. Uh, they are no longer teaching people morals and so they people just go there just to listen to their pastors telling them how much they can make money you know so those institutions have become evil if i may use that word uh, as a result they are not breeding morality to society uh, but they are breeding immorality whilst using the bible thank you Talking Finance with Brian Hirsch, making sense of your finance. Talking Finance with Brian Hirsch. So, Brian, we're going to be dealing then with um, the questions that we do at the end of every month because we didn't have an opportunity uh, to do that last week. And I think uh, some of them are actually nice questions to deal with at the end of the year uh, because they take into consideration some of the things that people are actively thinking about right now in as far as whatever little extra money they may have in their pockets. Kathy, I made, I made the point last week that with all these sales and all these the Black Friday concern me that a lot of people say spend now, pay later. And, you know, spending now and paying later, you still got to pay. Yeah. And remember, the last thing you want to do in this December is buy things on credit because you're going to have to pay it off. And rates... Credit card interest rates and overdraft rates and unsecured lending, the rates are absolutely astronomical. And you start paying them off and eventually you're only paying off interest. You're not even Mm. paying off capital. Mm. So you've got to be very, very careful with the spend now, pay later. We've had interest rates hike. They're talking now in America that interest rates are going up again in the next week, which means we'll probably follow suit. I'm scared to say this because economists will come down hard on me. Because Economics 101 says if you want to bring down inflation, raise interest rates to avoid people spending. But we are not spending. It's getting pushed on us. I mean, everything that's happening, the increase in electricity, the increase in petrol, the increase in food, it's not as if we're going out and spending madly. As a matter of fact, if you look at statistics, lending has gone down. Mm. Um, We haven't yet seen the statistics of what happened in Black Friday, but all I'm saying is that interest rates are getting pushed up. And in South Africa, people had, everyone has the same rates of inflation, but increase in costs wherever it may be but so many working South Africans didn't have that extra debt because they had their debt but they were paying lower rates of interest in the last year that debt on one and a half million as I said last week has costing you now three and a half thousand rand a month more and it's not three and a half thousand it's three and a half thousand of earnings after tax so if your earnings are four or four and a half or five that's what you've got to earn to fund that three and a 
half thousand extra. So South Africans don't have money in their pockets, and that is evidenced by the demands made on national treasury that people can borrow on their pension funds. And as I've said before, you've got non-working South Africans getting a grant of 350 rand, which is 11 rand a day. What you can do with 11 rand a day, I'm not sure. And then you've got people who can put bread on the table, who've got homes, who maybe got cars, and they're finding it difficult, and they've got to want to borrow on their pensions. Mm. So it just shows the difficulty. And so let me make, and, and I'm not a political animal, but let me make the comment. When the Parla Parla report came out, our market, our banks dropped 9%. Our currency dropped 5% in one day. Now, many people don't realize that. That 5%, our RAND went from nearly 17 to 17.85. We import inflation. We import oil. We import all these costs. So from an economic point of view, it was a disaster. And not talking, I'm not getting involved in the merits of the case. Sure. I'm saying that when... They heard that Cyril Ramaphosa was not resigning. We had a recovery in our bond rates because money was not leaving. We had a recovery on our um, currency account and we had a pickup on the market. And people don't realize if you're a member of a pension fund, you're in the market. So when markets fall, the value of your pension funds drops. So those things are important. And it's like in business. I asked a question on TV last night of my guest. Forget what happens if Cyril Ramaphosa died? Mm. Because in business, you've got to, you know, if you know, I had a call today. Uh, the, the founder of Hollard and Nando's was Robert Enthoven, and he died. He was 85 years old. Mm. And I had the simple question saying, what's going to happen to Hollard and Nando's? Well, nothing's going to happen to Hollard and Nando's. It's sad for the organization that the founder has passed on, but those organizations will run. This, he, he was already out of the business. He was a retired billionaire. But succession planning. So what I'm we need in South Africa is succession planning yeah. that, God forbid, something happened to our president. And I'm not talking political. Sure. I'm saying what happened to our For president. Because we saw what happened mm. last week mm. with, this, with, this, with the, the potential of him resigning. We saw what happened to our economy. And we can't afford that. Mm. We can't afford these, these, these shocks to our system because it affects each and every single person who is listening to this program. Brian, is when we looked at the, the last hike, it was interesting to note the discussion around it. A lot more questions now being asked about South Africa's monetary policy framework and whether what we are doing is working for us and if it is the right approach. Again, increasing rates to try and deal with inflation. Whereas, like you pointed out, our spending is not what America is facing. You know, America has had spending that's in overdrive and therefore it makes sense to them to try and tackle that level of demand in the economy. There's a, you know, people want instant gratification. In America, it's about purchasing. Mm. It's about purchasing homes. It's about all the additional things, wage demands. South Africans aren't getting wage demands anywhere near inflation. And and, and I understand that. The organizations can't afford it. So we, uh, you know, I understand. And as I said, I understand inflation. I understand rising interest rates. But in South Africa, we have to come up with a different model. We can't just sit and say we have to get inflation between the 3 to 6% 
6%. In the USA, they want to get it down to 2%, 3%, 6%, to 6%. Because last month, I think it was up at 75 or 79 somewhere around about there. We have to find a different model. We have to find some way of helping the individuals. In the UK, for example, they they put a freeze. They've frozen the cost of of, of electricity and gas. We have to do something similar. I don't know how. Uh, we've done certain things in the medium-term budget where there was an overrun on tax collected because of the big profits that the mining companies made, and we were able to do certain things with that. But but if interest rates carry on going, and America raised interest rates one or two times still to come, and that's the indication, and we keep rising, you're going to be talking about interest rates of close to 11 and 11.5% in the next three to four months. Work out what that means to people in you know and all the costs it's also just so, sorry about, about that Brian it's also just how sharply the, the, the prices have increased because yes we've been talking about anticipating interest rate hikes you know once we came out of COVID we knew that we would end off the year with much higher interest rates than we started the year off with but even the estimates that you and I were working off um, are nothing compared to where we're actually sitting today. And it all leads, and I keep talking about the USA, but it all leads because last year the American economy looked very good and they felt that inflation was transitory and it wouldn't be permanent. And then they realized that it was permanent. Wage, you know, wage demand, wage increase is embedded. You know, no one ever takes salary reductions. COVID was a very unusual situation. So that was expected. And then the war came in Ukraine. That was also unexpected. And that put enormous pressure on gas prices and food prices. But, I mean, American food prices up 22.4% this year. 22. Can you imagine if that happens in South Africa? So whilst we're not going to solve the problem, and I'm surprised I'm probably going to get a phone call from someone at any moment, an economist tell me I'm talking rubbish. <laughs> but I'm just talking about I can see what's going on mm. on ground level. And and the, the books, the economic books, you, they are there. But on ground level, everyone is struggling. Well, the reality is that you also have to deal with um, everyday people that now have to restructure their finances to accommodate the increasing cost of living. And you're seeing the impact of what it's doing um, to people on a day-to-day basis. So we're going to take a quick break. And then we continue the conversation with Brian Hirsch. And we'll get then into um, the the questions. But thanks for that on, on the state of, of the economy. Ten seconds. One point. People beware. You got paid now early in December. You don't get paid till the end of January. Do not take on credit on your credit card or any unsecured lending. Be careful. All right. We'll continue the conversation with Brian Hirsch in a moment. Okay. In fact, we can still go ahead with the conversation then. Brian, let's get into the Christmas bonuses. It's one of the questions that uh, you were asked about. And the question is, is it possible to get my bonus without any tax deduction and then pay the tax next year? Yeah, Cathy, I dealt with bonuses last week and I said there are three things you can do with your bonus. You can save it, you can spend it, and you can pay off debt. Those are the three things you can do. But a lot of people subsequently have said to me, 
they're getting a bonus and they're going to pay so much tax because remember, you pay your PAYE as the years go by. At the end of the year, when you if you do lucky enough to get a bonus, it gets added to all your other income and the tax tables are then recalculated what your PAYE and therefore your bonus will be taxed on a higher rate. You can't do it retrospectively. In other words, you can't say, give me my bonus now and I'll pay the tax next year. But you can do it on a yearly basis. In other words, what many organisations do, they allow employees to pay pay a little bit more every month mm-hmm. and then they get their 12th, 13th check if they get their 13th check as a bonus and that's the full amount not because you really paid on the tax. It makes it a lot that much, a lot easier. Mm-hmm. Also, it gives you that little extra saving and you've got that boost but you can't do it retrospectively. You can only do it uh, from January through to December. But I, I would imagine that these are organizations that are confident that they're, they're going, going to be paying employees. They're going to be bonus, yeah. Check. You know, it's funny thing about bonuses. Many organizations, ours is one, our staff expect a 13th check. It's like their 13th check is part of the over, mm-hmm. overall salary. But there are many companies who haven't been able to pay bonuses, certainly during COVID. I think companies may be now in a better position, but they may not be giving full bonuses. Other companies have bonus schemes based on profit participation, mm-hmm. and their bonuses could be higher. I'm So from that point of view, don't ever rely on a bonus. It's not contractual. A bonus is something that a company is giving, giving to employees really for an exceptional work. But company, you know, it's very difficult not to give to give one person a bonus another and not another unless you've really dealt with it during the course of the year uh, at, uh, at obviously at an mm. HR level. But, uh, yeah, but I'm, I'm just saying again, if you get your bonus, Remember, you've got expenses coming up. You know, do look at your budget, and I've said that again, time and time again. What's going to happen in January? Back to school, school fees, school clothes, school books, all those type of things. Particularly with with people who have young children who are maybe entering the school system for the mm-hmm. first time. Have a look at it. But be careful on taking on credit. Credit is costly and it's going to even cost more if interest rates go up. And I suppose uh, also uh, unlikely at this point for people um, to expect a bonus if you haven't heard anything about it from your employer, right? Um, I, I, yeah, look, maybe. I'm, I'm not sure. There's an expectation. Mm. But, you know, there's no harm in asking your employer, are we getting a bonus? <laughs> I need to plan. Yeah. But uh, And you get your bonus, maybe your payday is probably well before the, the 16th. The 16th, I think, is the public holiday. So you'll probably get paid sometime between the 12th and the 15th. All right. Um, the other question we have is, if you haven't paid off your debt and have, have had a judgment, uh, when should your listing be removed and who is responsible yeah. for doing that? Kathy, that's if you have paid off your debt. I got that question last yes, week. Yes, yes, yeah, yes, yes. Yeah. Okay. If you've paid off your debt and you, had, you paid and you had a judgment, well, very simply, once the debt has been paid in full, the, judge, the judgment should be removed automatically. However, in, mo- in most instances, this is not done. So the best advice I can give is for the person to obtain a copy of the judgment from the credit bureau and maybe talk to TransUnion. I'll repeat that name, TransUnion. It'll show which attorneys actioned it. The person can approach them to have the judgment removed. They can also seek the advice from another attorney if they cannot obtain a copy of the judgment. But please don't just accept that the judgment's been removed. Check with with the organization called TransUnion. Is there a judgment on your name? If there is, get proof that you've paid it off and get that 
listing removed because if you don't get it removed it's only going to cause you problems i was talking about don't take on credit but people can't help taking on credit you want to get a bond you want to buy a car there are a few times that credit is healthy you've got no choice you know we don't have a wonderful transport system in this country people do need transport and our roads are very much congested because you see more and more people are driving so just make sure that you get that judgment removed one question for you here, Brian, and I want to ask it just while uh, we just while I'm, I'm noting it on the WhatsApp line. It says if you pay or you contribute towards a retirement annuity, but you're unemployed, then you don't qualify for a SARS tax rebate. I think it's a question: and Do you qualify for a, a tax rebate? No, you do qualify, but you may not. You may not get one because your earnings aren't sufficient. Anyone earning under one hundred and eighty thousand rand, if you contribute to retirement, your tax rate is not sufficient because you're virtually paying no tax. So as your earnings go up, you pay more tax. But remember, any unclaimed benefit, any benefit that you haven't that you haven't claimed, when you reach retirement, those benefits and quite amazing the record SARS have. I mean, I've picked up information where people have asked me questions and I thought, how will I ever get an answer? And SARS have unbelievable records. They really do. That they'll pick up that you've claimed these contributions and you haven't, uh, you didn't get the tax deduction. You will then get that money in cash tax-free at retirement. But there, I don't believe people should have a retirement annuity if, you, if you're not getting the tax benefit. Then I think you should be going into tax-free savings where you don't get a tax deduction because it's with after-tax rands. But if you're not getting the tax saving in RA, then there's no benefit. But at least you've got liquidity compared to an RA where you get one-third in cash at retirement. The, be- the beauty of a retirement annuity is also, you, I mean, the advantage is you can't cash it in. So you're forced to save or forced to leave the money. That could change in 2024. But having said that, I think if you're looking, if you're not a big tax earner and you want to save, save through the unit trust industry. Uh, someone says to me, I'm in love with Satrix. I'm not in love with Satrix. I, I recommend Satrix because I think it's a costly, um, a less costly way to make investments. It may be a little bit harder to get in to start with because there's some paperwork and you've got to go online. But there are good investments that you can make for a long term. However, uh, rather do that and, and then remember if you're contributing less than 36,000 rand a year, 3,000 rand a month, you want to put it into tax-free savings mm-hmm. and you can do that with any unit trust and the lumping of the Satrix funds. All right. Uh, Brian, let's talk about, oh, I'm, I'm looking at the time. Okay, so we're going to be getting into the latest news headlines. So what I'll do is that we'll continue the questions for Brian after the headlines. Of course, you're more than welcome to be part of the conversation. Questions you may have for Brian, the number to dial this morning, 086-000-2032. That's our studio line, 086-000-2032. And we'll take those WhatsApp voice notes and questions on 0614-104-107. And of course, all of that, Talking Finance with Brian Hirsch. It's now time for your 1030 News Headlines. Talking Finance with Brian Hirsch. Making sense of your finance. All right, we continue the conversation with Brian Hirsch. Uh, Brian, this question on garnishy orders, the listener wants to know, are they still allowed and acceptable on salaries? Yes, they are, but they have to be issued by a magistrate. 
if the debt has been paid, the person must again seek advice and assistance from attorney if it's not being cancelled, but they certainly can. Uh, and really, I, I say this to organisations and to employers and HR departments, if it is a garnishing order, uh, put on one of your staff members, call your staff member in, discuss it with the staff member, see what their situation is. I know you have to follow because it's a court order, but still do a little bit of counselling with mm -hmm. your staff member because someone who's got a garnishing order means they're in debt and so many people are in debt. And now how's the, how now is this garnishing order, in other words, the deduction from their salary going to affect their lives going on? How, how's it going to affect their productivity? That's important to your business. So talk. It's all about talk. Talk to your people. Talk mm -hmm. communication and just let them know because, I mean, Whoever they may be, wherever they may, wherever may, what department they're working, whatever job they're doing, after all, they're human beings, they've got families, they've got to support families, costs have risen, chat to them. And it can't just be a surprise, hey Brian? Well, it has been a surprise often before because people do know about it. They ignore it. They ignore requests for payments. So I always say, if you've got debt, go and talk to whoever you owe money to. Come up with some plan, even if it's a much more longer-term plan. Come up with a plan. Don't just sweep it under the carpet. It will come back and bite you. All right. I want to take MK. MK, good morning to you. Morning, Kathy and yes. Brian. Good morning, MK. Okay. Um, uh, uh, Brian, we uh, had this conversation before, but then we, we lost contact because I've, um, I lost um, um, your, your contact details, but I tried to get back onto the, uh, your radio line. I couldn't get to. Um, it's about my uh, late brother's um, estate. Um, uh, the, the, the issue is between, um, I'm talking around between um, Alexander Pops, um, Old Mutual, and the financial advisor that he, uh, um, he had uh, approached or well, he had chosen. So um, I can't uh, seem to get through um, um, uh, to get this matter uh, finalized. Um, so I'm trying to get someone that can um, advise, assist me and who's around Bulugwani uh, with this. MK, I did take this up with Alexander Forbes. I remember this case very vividly. I took this case up with Alexander Forbes in t trying to establish what monies were still owed to the family, to your late brother. And, yes. and, 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 and we went right to, I went right to the end, the, end, the HR department, the, the chief executive of Alexander Forbes. They, they could not trace any records. Yes. Um, so uh, unfortunately, I, it wasn't that we lost contact. I just came, uh, just came to a dead end. I mean, you know, very simply, I have said to individuals, and I will be giving that number out again. I have said that often you are able to go and have a look if there's any benefits owing by going into um, the uh, website. There's there's a website you can go on to. Um, and, and may I suggest, send the details again of your brother-in-law's ID. Uh, I'll give the email out now because what I am saying, I'm reminding people uh, again every week now that they have a claim on a pension fund. Please would they send their details and I'll give an, e I'll give an email out. It's, it's info, I-N-F-O, 
at anchorcapital.co.za, send it to them, and we will send you all the details, all the different SMS numbers, all the numbers where you can try and trace pensions money. And that's not just for you, MK. That's for all our listeners, because we had this program on about two months ago where we were talking about unclaimed benefits. And I know a lot of people have got, gone on to that and put their IDs in, and they've been reasonably successful. Uh, I'm not, you know, people... Many may think they've got monies owed to them, but if they've got no record, there's nothing you can do. But please send an email to info at anchorcapital.co.za and we will we will send you all the details of who you contact. Thank you. If you can ask Kathy, uh, repeat that uh, email again, email uh, address again, please. All right. No problem, MK. I'll do that towards the end of the program, all right? Thanks a lot. All right. Ronald in Rustenburg, good morning. Good morning, good morning, Kate. How are you? I'm well, thank you, Ronald. Go for it. Yes, Asal, I just want to add something about the pension from ben, Brian Hash now. Say, for instance, now, if I'm going on pension, so now, so now, who determines the amount of money that I'm going to get on monthly basis? Say, for instance, now, if I've got two million and I don't take any, I don't do any withdrawal. So now, if you can just estimate how much money can I get on monthly basis? Ronald, how old are you? I saw right in you. No, how old are you? Now I'm 59. Okay, you're very young to buy a pension, which means you really only have one option. There are two types of pensions. There is what's called a life annuity, where you buy a pension for the rest of your life. It's guaranteed, and but you give up the right to the 2 million rand. But at age 59, because pensions work on life expectancy, and you've still got a long life expectancy ahead of you, actuarially, so therefore a life annuity is not the answer for you. So the answer for you is to buy a living annuity. Now, under a living annuity, you need to get some financial advice because you're going to take on, you have to make two decisions. One is how am I going to invest these funds and two, how much I'm going to withdraw. And if these funds are invested badly and the value drops, then obviously the amount you draw is going to be less. If you invest them well and you have time and the, the two million increases, then over the years with inflation, you'll increase your amount. But to give you a thumb suck, amount of how much you should be drawing on two million, I would say somewhere in the order of six to seven thousand rand a month. Sixty-seven thousand a month. Six to seven. You would buy a living annuity from an institution and you would tell them I want to draw four percent and four percent on two million is eight eight eighty thousand Rand a year divided by twelve is sixty seven thousand. Depending on your tax rate, that is tax payable, but at least then it can be invested for you at age 59 because you want that 2 million to grow. And if you can get about 7 or 8% growth on that money and you're only drawing 4% and the company's charging you 1% for the service, for the broker service and for their platform, it'll, you, you know, it'll be costing you far, but you'll be increasing your value by 3%. And this is for anyone who's retiring. That's so important that you don't overdraw from your living because if you start drawing 10% and it only does 6%, every year it's going to fall by 4%, which means in five years' time your 2 million rand is worth 1.6 million, and now you don't need seven or 8,000, you're needing 11,000 because of inflation. But 
Ronald, you do need to get advice. You can speak to your bank and ask them to please put a financial advisor. You can ask the pension fund, whoever the money's coming from, to please put a financial advisor onto you so they can explain to you all your options. Most important is you understand the options, but I'm discarding for you at this stage a life annuity. You're far too young, age 59, and the life annuity will be very low, and it's fixed for the rest of your life, although you can take an, you can have an inflation fighter. So that's what I'm saying. Go, you need to go for a living annuity uh, in terms of that money, but speak, get advice. Okay, right. thanks. Ronald, um, I hope that that helps you out there. Uh, Ronald out in Rustenburg. We'll take a quick break. I'm back with Brian. Uh, Talking finance with Brian Hirsch, making sense of your finance. All right, we continue our conversation with Brian Hirsch. So, Brian, actually, just on that issue of um, pension funds and you know going on retirement, it, it points us to our next question. It says, is it possible as a pensioner? to get a mortgage on your home where the monthly amount and the loan is paid on death. Yeah, now that is called life rights, where you give up your property in favor of life rights. Very popular all over the world. And the reason it's popular all over the world is twofold. Firstly, interest rates are low. And secondly, the increase in property prices are higher. So if you had a property worth a million rand and you're over 65, they say we'll lend you 200,000 rand. And that 200,000 rand you'll get up front. So, and on your death, you will. Who lends you 200,000? A financial institution. Okay. Now, the problem is getting a mortgage. You can't get a mortgage if you're not working. Mm -hmm. And the second problem is if you're getting a mortgage, you've got to pay it off monthly. So, they will lend you 200,000 on the back of your home. You never have to pay it back, but interest will accrue on that 200000 until you die. But then the chances are the value of your property will also increase. So they've only given you a small portion against the value of your property. And on your death, they will deduct the loan plus interest against the sale of the property. In South Africa, we used to have that 15 years ago. We don't have, it's not called reverse mortgage. We don't have any longer for two reasons. Again, interest rates are too high and property prices aren't increasing. Mm -hmm. So if you borrow 200,000 on a million rand home and you live another 15 years, you'll find that 200,000 is probably now at that particular time virtually the value of your home. Or if your home has dropped in value, as we've seen in South Africa over the last five years, property prices have certainly dropped. So you can't get that in South Africa. It was it's a globally, New Zealand, Australia, the UK, uh, Europe, uh, America, you can do that. You cannot do that in South Africa. And there's no organization offering that for the two reasons I've given. All right. And, 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 and of course, we talked about what people can do if they want to uh, claim from a pension fund. We've dealt with that uh, question already. Let's go to this one. Can I cede my pension benefits in order to get a loan? Okay. Now, you, you can cede a policy if you have a cash value on a policy because a policy is not a retirement fund. But a retirement fund, you cannot cede against a loan. The only thing you can do on a retirement fund today is you can borrow for housing and you can borrow either the company has a, has, a, has set up a system where you can borrow from your company and against that loan will be your withdrawal benefit on your pension fund 
or they will give you a bank guarantee that should you, uh, to the value of your withdrawal benefits, so let's assume you've been with the company 10 years and your withdrawal benefits 300,000, they will say to the bank, his withdrawal, the client, the person's withdrawal benefit is 300,000, where you can give them a bond, we will guarantee that bond, so there's no problem there, the bank will lend the 300,000 and charge interest, but so is the 300,000 in the fund earning. If you then resign a year or two later, the bank will not pay you, I'm sorry, the fund will not pay you. They will pay the bank the loan off and any extra amount they will give to you. So that's so th- that's the only way you cannot seed against a debt or say, I've got, you know, I've seen people often have retirement funds as a session, but the, the, you, that session is not binding because the retirement fund mm-hmm. won't pay it to the person that may you may have seeded the money to. So you can't do that. But for housing, you can. Uh, do it. We're hoping, well, a lot of people are asking me, when is this? When are the loans coming in? Well, as you know, the Treasuries uh, have had a lot of comments. They withdrew the bill for the time being. We should hear more in the next budget, next February, but nothing's going to happen until the 1st of March 2024. You will not be able to borrow on your pension fund. And then the different systems. It's not like you can borrow everything that's in your pension fund. There'll be two pots. Uh, and those two pots will determine one's got to be for retirement, one's got to be for saving. All right. It, it sounds quite complicated, though, the process of, 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 of trying to seed you, some of your pension you can't. benefits. The answer is no. Okay, you, you can't seed it. You can't seed it. Okay. it. People think they can, but they can't. You cannot. Oh, okay. You can't use it against the loan. You can't use it as collateral. And one of the one of the important things is remember, pension money is protected against creditors. Mm-hmm. And you know, if you go, if you get into debt and you get into problem, people can actually come and claim your assets. Whatever's in your pension fund, they cannot claim. It's protected in terms of I think thirty seven D. Okay, Rose, you're calling us from Ilovo. Good morning. Good morning, Kathy. Thanks for a lovely show, and good morning, Brian. Morning, Rose. Um, Brian, I have. I actually really hope you can help me. My mother is 87 years old, and in 2014, she sold a, a, a property. Fine, no problem. Last year, all of a sudden, SARS um, sends her an email. Oh, she she has to. She's liable for VAT payments. Now, um. I contacted her, the conveyancer, uh, traced it back to, to, to when the property was sold, and he, he, ha- he had said um, uh, the, documents he, the transfer document should be sufficient to prove to SARS that that was not payable on this transaction. Fine. Um, we, I got uh, his financial advisor to uh, uh, get in touch with SARS because um, we were told that all that's needed is to declare a no VAT return and to deregister the property for VAT. As, so the, the tax advisor keeps meeting with SARS every few months, and every few months, SARS wants the same documentation over and over. They keep telling him, yes, they're going to clear it, and nothing has happened. It's, been, it's almost two years now, and we are, I don't know what to do. It's supposed to be a simple deregistration. Rose, what, type of, pro- what type of property was it? It wasn't a residential property. No, no, it was a business property, and as I said, it was sold in 2014, and and there was no comeback until six years later. And um, the actual conveyancer who did the whole work has, has since passed away. Fortunately, his brother's also an attorney, so he helped us. But 
I mean, what are we supposed to do? We're going through all the right channels over and over, and it's a different person every time the tax advisor meets with SARS. And every time we are promised it's going to be cleared, and it doesn't happen. Rose, uh, your, your, your comments firstly, that every time you speak to someone, it's a different person. It's, it, it's so frustrating. Throughout South Africa, you, ever, you, you talk, you, ever you talk to, you just never get the same person twice because you're phoning call centres. Rose, mm. all I can suggest is I'm going to pass you back to my producer. I need to look at what you've got. I'll talk to our tax practitioners. Uh, I'm not sure I'm going to still do this this year. I'm going away on Thursday. This is my last show for the year. And really the tears are starting to roll because I'm saying au revoir, as you know in French, au revoir is only goodbye for a short period of time. It's not forever to Kathy. <laughs> but if I will, if you will take your number down. I'll give you a call tomorrow. Uh, and, and, and and see what you can got and what you can give me and I'll talk to our tax practitioner who very much is who is very much an ex receiver of the revenue. So give that to me and I'll have a look. Have to see, understand you. why you, you're not getting satisfaction one way or the other. Okay. Thank you very much. Can we thank take that can we take that call back and get the number please? All right, no problem, we'll do thank that. You. Rose, thanks for calling in. All the best. Brian will be in touch, okay? Uh, Brian, I want to look at uh, some of the questions and voice notes that have come through on the WhatsApp line. Morning, if I cancel my investment before the time, can I claim what have what I have paid, or must I wait for the ten years which it was initially for? No, ten. Once an investment with, I assume this is an insurance company. Once it's run five years, you are now out of the net. You can cash it in. However depending on how they expensed it. Because when you buy an investment, there are either you pay as it, as and when you made that investment, in other words, they only take every year, or sometimes they take up front. And remember, the institution also has annual charges, mm. which they normally debit against the investment once a year for the 10-year period. So if you cash your investment after six years, the institution will probably say they haven't yet fully recouped all the expenses of putting that investment on the books, and they will debit the investment by four years of unrecouped expenses. And no. Yes, that's exactly how it works. So you can cancel the investment, but you need to look carefully at what the current value is and what the surrender value or the cash value is to see whether there's a penalty. And then talk to, if there is a large penalty, talk to your financial advisor who ever gave you that investment and see how you can deal with that with the company. But let me answer the question. You can, but there may be costs involved. Somebody else wants to know, it's Jawu in Limpopo who says, uh, Brian, how much should you earn to... Uh, to be to I think he means to pay tax and again whose responsibility is it to pay tax the employer or the employee well the employer deducts tax on your behalf and pays it over by the seventh of the month to SARS so if, if you're self-employed, then it's a different story. Mm. Then it's your responsibility to do your financials once a year and maybe to make provisional payments twice a year, being August and February. Uh, where, at what stage, look, different ages, but I would say that anything, I, I used the word 180,000 rand this morning because we were talking about pension, but anything around over 110,000 for people under the age of 65, tax will start, and I think up to 180 or 200. Thousands, about 18%. But you're also entitled to certain deductions. There are what we call rebates, 
everyone under the under 65 gets a rebate. I just can't think of the number at the moment. Over 65, a different re- an extra rebate, and over 75. Only advantage of being 75 is you get another rebate. So you get those rebates. And then there's also a deduction for medical a contribution to medical aid, which also comes off the tax amount payable. So you just need to have a look. And then if, you, if you're on your own and you've got any expenses, you can deduct them as well, as long as you can prove travel expenses and any maybe entertainment or any other company. But as an employee, it's the if you work for a company, they will deduct PAY, mm. they will pay the tax over for you. If you have a retirement annuity, because at the end of the year you get a tax deduction, you need to tell your payroll office, I've got a retirement annuity, so they can adjust the tax you pay every month because you get that deduction when you make a contribution to a retirement annuity and you can save tax on a monthly basis rather than wait till the end of the year. You need to talk and tell your payroll office. Okay. Brian, um, let's squeeze in some of the voice notes that are coming through. Good day, good day, uh, Brian. Brian, um, it's Anonymous speaking. Listen, I want to ask you about this thing that's happening in my finance. Um, I was owning a, a furniture shop um, for a very long time because I was out of work and so on. And um, But I didn't pay them still own them some money but um, I tried to pay them but they said now that um, uh, my, I don't own them any money anymore because it was too long but my name still is assisted uh, at the credit bureau if I draw the, my credit report so I want to, to hear from you what Brian? Okay, well, um, he made the comment that it's too long. So let me put it this way. Anyone who owes money and has owed it longer than three years and has not received either invoices or communications for owning that amount of money, you have the defense of prescription. Debts prescribe after three years. They do not prescribe when it comes to tax or that but they prescribe after three years. If it's longer than, if it's earlier than three years and, they, and you actually don't owe them any money, then what you need to get from them is confirmation that you don't owe any money. And then I mentioned a company called TransUnion. I'll repeat that, T-R-A-N-S Union, U-N-I-O-N. Go to them, provide them with that information and and they will then see uh, about your listing. But having said that, if you can't get that, then maybe the attorneys who originally institute an action against you speak to them. Mm. But if he if he doesn't have attorneys, because um, well, it, it someone, sounds like it was directly with the with the furniture yeah, store. Yeah, you know, it sounds strange that you know he says he owned the furniture store. He owned the furniture store. He didn't so, say he owned it. No, I think he said he okay. owed it. Okay, so again, if the mm-hmm. furniture store has been in touch with him mm-hmm. and he's been paying them off and they now say it's complete, mm-hmm. they are the ones that must give him confirmation that he can provide to get himself um, uh, removed from the listing. All right. Vusi wants to know what action uh, he can take when the bank is refusing uh, to pay the funeral policy cover. 
Well, you, you look, unfortunately, you can take a, a, um, action because you've got the long-term insurance ombudsman to go to, uh, but it's it's laborious. And, and not paying a funeral cover means the funeral policy should be paid within 24 to 48 hours because you need the money to actually settle for the funeral. That's why, why one buys funeral cover. But you, you, have, you can go to the long-term ombudsman. Uh, I'm not going to give my number out today simply because I'm going on leave on Thursday and I don't want to people, have people leaving on. So what I'm going to do is your call. I think it, I'd like to find out more details when this funeral is taking place, find out maybe why, maybe there was non-disclosure and there was information not provided. Again, if we go back to our producer, who will take your number? Okay. Brian, this is from Frank. He says, hi, Brian, buying a second property as an investment via bank finance and living there for some months in the year due to work requirements and selling it after four years at a loss. Is the loss tax deductible? Absolutely. Absolutely tax. The tax is lost deductible. It's a capital loss. It's, you can, it's a loss deductible. The same way as you can carry forward uh, losses, the same way as you pay capital gains tax mm. on any gains. So you definitely can write that off against, or you may not have have any gains, but in the years to come, if you do have gains, you can write it. You can't write it off against taxable income. You can write it off against capital gains or capital losses. All right. Thanks for that, Brian. We've come to the end of the hour. Uh, where are you going on holiday? I'm going to Plet, but I'd like to make a few comments. I've enjoyed all the presenters I've done. My, my, my Rowena Baird, who passed away some years ago, is the most lovely lady. Kathy, you have been the most wonderful host of this program. You've allowed me to run the show. But I think I wanted to make this comment to our listeners. They do not know how wide-read and how intelligent Kathy really is. She does a TV program. She takes calls from people on many, many subjects because I'm, it's compulsory. I have to listen to SAFM, seeing I work on SAFM, and I hear her from 9 to 12. The listener who said she's going to have sleepless nights, she has sleepless nights already. She come, <laughs> gets up early in the morning to get to the studio in time. She goes on TV, gets home late. So believe me, Kathy knows all about that. But Kathy, thank you for your help. I look forward to seeing you in February. I'll definitely come and visit you. And again, I wish you all the best and I wish you a good pregnancy and a healthy pregnancy and all the very best to the two little ones. Uh, I am, uh, does no one know that? Okay, I've I've let this little secret slip. I have two little grandchildren, 13 and 10. They grow so quickly. And unfortunately, before you know it, just enjoy every day. I enjoyed every day with them as people will know how I've loved and talked about my grandchildren. Uh-huh. And to our and to our listeners who've called in, I hope I've been able to help this year. I thank you to all our staff and all the producers at SAFM who've made the show possible. This is the 29th year that I've been on. I don't think there's anyone here at <laughs> SAFM who's been in the studio more than 29 years. I have. I started in the dungeons down below minus two. And Kathy. To you and and um, all everyone else and Lebo and ev- all the other parties who've played a role and to our listeners, uh, I wish you all a healthy, a safe, festive season. And I've got one last message: 
Try not to overspend. Remember, it catches up with you. And I have to leave on that financial note. Uh, Brian, thank you so much. It has been such a pleasure. We will see you again in 2023. Have a wonderful break. It's now time for the 11 o'clock news.